Hey everyone and welcome to the Phidias Club. This is episode 80, a special on Thailand, where we cover a number of topics from society to culture to politics with a nice uh, fun bit at the end about uh, technology and how Thailand is a mobile first country. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club. This is an episode where we're going to be having a one-on-one conversation with uh, Letad. Did I, did I pronounce it right? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So this is a special. Um, we're going to be talking about a specific topic. In this case, it's uh, Thailand. So it's a little bit different from our usual episodes, our regular episodes, if you're used to that. Um, we usually talk with different people from different parts of the world with, about uh, the, the news topics and international news, things like that, that have happened over the past month. And uh, every once in a while, uh, we do a special where we uh, specifically discuss the you know day to day the worldviews the things like that with one um person that might have some different opinions on things from what we're used to and um simply because they're from a different part uh, of the world at least for me and uh this is especially true since we reached the uh goal on Patreon that allows us to do that on a regular basis so uh thank you so much to the patrons who are making this possible we uh went above the 500 bucks uh goal and so we're going to have these regularly now not every month but uh every once in a while and so thank you so much you know i've talked about the support uh a lot in the past few episodes and it's been uh, tremendously motivating for me to to get to see that kind of thing so um, again thanks a lot to the patreons for to the patrons patriots is the name i call my french language podcast patrons that's the really clever play on words see they're patriots um so anyway it's not about patreon a patreon it's about uh, thailand and uh letad some people might have heard you in previous episodes um but maybe we can take a couple of minutes to for you to tell us a little bit about yourself so um just to be clear you are from thailand currently residing in bangkok so you're the real deal uh, yeah i'm 100 thai born and raised although um to talk about my background there was a brief period when i lived in the u.s so About five years US when you were a kid, right? Yeah, when I was eight to 13. I cool. lived in Maryland in the USA. Excellent. And you're about 30 now, right? About 30, yeah. I'm 31. Okay. So, um, any work in IT? Yeah, I run a, like an e-commerce platform built for people around this area. Yeah, think of it as like Shopify, but built for conversations such as Facebook chat, Facebook Messenger, which seems to be, you know, conversational commerce seems to be all the rage in the tech industry in the <laughs> West right now. <laughs> so this is, I think we're going to get to talk about uh, tech and IT in Thailand, because that's an area which a lot of listeners might be interested in, uh, given the, the kind of shows I do. Um, but before we get into that, I had a couple of more, I think, mundane and possibly dumb questions. But that's okay, because I don't make any secrets of my uh, silliness. Um, but one question I had was, first, you know, the the image we have in the West of, or at least I have of Thailand is mainly a, a tourist 
image because that's the the main uh contact we we have with the country and the only time i went there was for tourism and i think there was a little bit there's this uh idea in uh rich countries where that that we are sometimes going there and it's fantastic it's super cool but we're exploiting um the local population a little bit because we're we're exploiting the lower wages and sometimes the conditions that might not be um as good as they are at home and so we're we're sort of cashing in on cheap holidays and on cheap vacations at the beach how is right. And I know tourism is obviously a big part of your uh, country's economy. So I'm wondering how you guys see tourism as an industry and those uh, tourists that come and don't know anything and just want to lie on the beach or maybe go to a couple of temples. You know, how do you regard them? Yeah, actually, tourism is very important for us. So we don't actually see it as um, exploitation at all. Um, I mean, tourism, there's basically, I would say, three types Um, one is what you just said, um, you know, just like people coming from all over the world because, you know, the food is great but, but cheap. I mean, everything's cheap compared to your part of the world. Um, the other part is, of course, the parts that go to the red light districts. And then there's the third part, you know, the people here like to call them like the sex pets. Um, and then the third part would be kind of like the more premium um, tourists that actually spend on more premium items and tours and hotels. So um, in terms of like the first part, which seems to be what you're referring to, or the vast majority of the people that travel here, we, we love that. You know, it's not like the wages that we have are like um, unsustainable. I mean, it's just basically what we earn for our quality of life. Um, so, I mean, the more you come, the better. Um, the, what, what we don't like is people that, you know, just come in and don't spend on anything. <laughs> so, so come in but how can you not spend on anything you're going to be eating yeah. you're going to be right you can't not spend yeah as long as you're spending something and it's on local services um don't you know the money you're spending is not like we we, we make profit on those you know it's not like you're spending and people are not making a profit on those items so i think tourism is like a large chunk of our income So please come and exploit us. <laughs> Spend on the cheap food and services. All right. But, yeah, but it's interesting because, you know, like since, you know, I've, I've heard tourists say like our service is so good. Um, it's basically because like, you know, our, our wages are cheap. So I would say the quality of the service per like by each person is not necessarily great, but we have a lot of people doing the service. Oh, so you, know, you have you know like three I mean? people yeah. doing the job of, of one person, uh, but it yeah, makes things up like self Yeah, things like self-service checkout doesn't make sense for us. You know, you go to this gas mm. station, like having you do your own stuff. It's like, why would you do that when you can have someone help service putting in the gas or help oh, doing the cashier right, checking right, out, right. things like that. Yeah. So, so for us, what we look at thinking, oh, this is great service is just that it's so cheap that you can do it with people instead of having self-service or a machine or something like that so you're going to have several people taking care of you um yeah when you come here but is that yeah, I am. so uh, sorry to interrupt but is that sure. uh the case when you go to the uh you know gas station are you going to have someone clean your car and then fill up the tank for you and not do it yourself but yeah, because this is local do. right Yeah, it's, it's the norm. Um, it would be considered bad service if no one did. 
Mm. And then they just come in, they wipe the offer to wipe the windows for no charge. Okay. It's just because labor is cheap. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. Um, you mentioned something. When we say service is good, I think we also mean, to an extent, the image I have of Thai people is that it, they're always, you guys are always happy and smiling. And I'm sure that's not the case, but I'm wondering if you you genuinely are, you know, it's kind of a, okay, I'm going to manage to offend like a billion Please people do. in one sentence <laughs> uh, and literally a billion people because I'm going to talk about India, but it's the image I have of Thailand is a more, you know, Thai people are slightly more rugged version of uh, Indians in that they seem to be uh, uh, in a happy, in a good mood all the time. And I'm sure it's not the case again for both Indians and Thai, but it, it is that is there any truth to it? Is there some uh, you know life philosophy that makes you guys uh, uh, a little bit happier than we are? Or you know, it's one of those things that we didn't really realize until like foreigners started commentating on it that like ties are always smiling and happy. You know, then as a society, we kind of realized, you know what, we kind of are. <laughs> um, I think it comes from like a culture of. Um, it's similar to, we have a word called grain jai. It means like lose. It's similar to like, you know, you don't want to bother other people for things. You know, it's like, oh, don't go over to their house. They're busy. You know, I don't want to disturb you because you might be working on something. Um, and it's that kind of culture where we, where we like to, the, the norm for us is to smile and not like disturb other people and be a good guest. So, I mean, it's like you said, um, we're not necessarily um, happy, but it's a norm for us to meet when we meet other people. It's just polite to be smiling and so kind. And kind. That's an important part of the equation. Um, so is that sort of masquerading maybe your real feelings? Because I know that in Japan, you know, you have... Uh, which is the inner feelings and the f face you present to everyone and they're often very different and of course in any society you're not always going to speak your mind but in the case of thailand is that sometimes you're angry or unhappy and you still have to smile or is it like you're genuinely more uh happy smiley in general uh, as well as it being a trait of the society Yeah, I think we've come to realize that as in general, I mean, it helps that we are very forgetful as a peop as like a society. Um, we forget about recent history pretty quickly. So, um, you know, when dramatic things come, we get together and after a while we just kind of move on. Um, so it's easy for us to move on. And um, yeah, in, in general, I mean, the best selling industry is always related to entertainment. And the movies that ties make that do well are always like feel good. So I think we always like we are not very confrontational as a society as like in our culture. So we're whenever things do get heated up, we're always bad at handling it. So give me so, an example. If you get if you get into an argument with a friend for something mm -hmm. I don't know semi serious. And of course, again, it's not going to be one example is going to encompass the entire population, obviously. But what mm -hmm. would be the typical Thai reaction to, you know, someone, I don't know, for example, uh, you paid for a full lunch and someone was supposed to reimburse you half and they forgot and they didn't do it and they're, they're not paying you. Do you like 
forget about it, never mind, do you get angry, or this might be a silly example, but... Hmm. Let me think about that. Um, I'm not like the normal Thai. I'm just trying to think of a, like a normal Thai would happen. I think what would happen is they... Um, it's silly. Um, since we're back, confrontation, what often happens is like they would not bring it up, but like they would like gossip about it to people around them. Ah, you know what I, I mean? See. Yeah. So when things get bad, they get bad. You know, we gossip around because we are not good at like facing the truth. We don't like to confront others. So, so there's if, a lot of talking behind people's back. So I think related to you, like saying, is it like, are we actually happy? I mean, it's not our true feeling. We're not necessarily sad, but we're not necessarily like in a good mood. Mm. So what would happen if that person that is being bad-mouthed had just actually forgotten, hears about it, and, and wants to react to it? Do they go to the person and say, hey, I forgot about your money, you know, here it is? Or do they sa start bad-mouthing them? <laughs> in, yeah, most you know? often times it goes into bad-mouthing. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, it's in our culture, like in Bangkok, um, in And um, keep in mind, most of what I'm saying is basically Bangkok culture, so mm -hmm. quote unquote, um, city people culture. Um, but what would happen would be exactly they would start bad mouthing or not understanding why they like it, and they're just like instead of confronting them and clear, clearing the air, they just be like, "Oh, that person's stupid," and they might gossip about them instead about how stupid they are. Mm. Um, yeah, and so so what I was gonna say is that in the city there is. Uh, People like to say there's a very clear distinction between, quote, Thai companies and international companies in terms of culture. So people tend to like to prefer to work in international companies because yeah. it has a more, yeah, it, it, it has a more, you know, fair work culture. You know, there's less politics, there's less gossip because of the management direction to, like, clear, clear the air. Whereas in local companies, there's just always constant gossiping behind back, um, you know, playing up to your leaders, sucking up for positions and things like that. Interesting. So it's basically... When, yeah, when a, go ahead. Yeah, when a Thai company has a good management structure, it's a saying that, like, yeah, it's managed like an international company. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Like when IKEA, yeah, IKEA came in here not many years ago, um, or IKEA, um, When they said, when they when they they advertise, they say like, okay, we're half joint venture, half of it's Thai, but we get the international management structure, not the Thai <laughs> management. Yeah. So it's yeah, company politics on steroids, I I suppose. Yeah, in, in local culture. So does that uh, positive view of uh, international companies extend beyond just the management structure? Like, do you do you prefer international brands or are they, you know, more luxurious or, you know, I, I'm mm -hmm. not necessarily talking about uh, mm -hmm. uh, tech or maybe hair products or whatever, you know? It used to be, you know, it's, it's really interesting. And we're in the time of change. Um, maybe I would say three to five years ago, definitely. Um, we would always prefer international products. But, you know, I think um, the new generation with um, things like social media and the new generation of like being more open-minded and actually judging things based more on function and quality of the form rather than just, oh, sorry, just the brand name. Um, has given more, a rise to being accepting of locally designed products if they look good. Hmm. So branding is everything, good design is everything, 
and um, if you get you know celebrities to endorse it, then people are more accepting. Thai celebrities, obviously. Thai celebrities, yeah. This I don't know why this uh, what you were saying now conjured in my mind the image of uh, a busy Thai street in Bangkok, which. Actually, when I think back of my trip to Bangkok, does not correspond at all with the cleanliness and, uh, uh, you know, very well-ordered um, image I have of actually being in Bangkok. But it leads me to another question, which is how modern is Thailand and maybe more specifically Bangkok? I don't know. I'm guessing the two are different, but mm -hmm. it's. A, I yeah, know it's a vague right. question, but I'm sure mm -hmm. it, it, it's a, a question that might come to the mind to many people. Yeah, how orderly is it, right? Well, no, how modern, you know? How, modern, okay. Yeah, how, do you have like super old Mercedes like you might see in some uh, uh, Middle Eastern countries that still run mm -hmm. because they're built like tanks and lots of tuk-tuks that are, yeah. you know, very yeah. uh, noisy and uh, uh, have a lot of yeah. uh, pollution. And I don't know, do you all use yeah, modern computers and, and, and phones? Or I, I, I yeah, know. I know what you mean. Um, I think it goes back to what I was just saying about like we are pretty much more modern nowadays. So, I mean, the people that would stick by the brand, like no matter what, you know, uh, only European cars, for example. Um, I think they are maybe ages over 60 or something. So there's less of them. So um, people that drive old Mercedes are more like usually nowadays are more doing it because they, they're doing they like vintage style, like mm. actually acknowledging it. Um, And then in terms of modern, you know, we it's, it's, it's hard. The modern is such a broad term. I mean, if modern refers to being organized and orderly, we are far from it. If modern <laughs> refers to modern technology, you know, being having the latest items, then we are very modern. Um, we have usually, you know, everything new comes to us pretty soon. We have the like top class facilities. But this is in Bangkok, which has, you know, the poorest and the richest within the same, like the blocks next to each other because we don't have a clear city planning. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we can, our city, the, I think, you know, going back to the politics and gossiping, the, the way we are as a society, you know, it comes a lot from social hierarchy because um, we, you know, we still have like a royalty and social status. So um, I think everything like stems from there. And we also have a culture, you know, our culture of non-confrontation also leads to, you know, just letting things be and right. forgetting things. You know, we are not like strict in like, you know, if work comes out not perfect, we are like, oh, okay, that's fine. Mm. Okay. You know, we're not perfectionists. Really? Hmm. That's interesting. How do you approach that aspect of your, you know, I guess it shows in, in work ethics and uh, everything. Yeah. How, how yeah, do you, I mean, because you, you run your own company. Is that something right. you're faced with? With your, Do you have employees or? Since I've always been in Thailand, I would say maybe my standards are low, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, luckily, I mean, from what I hear, I mean, when, when I finished work, I worked at ExxonMobil in IT. So um, I've always been privileged to work with people that are, you know, have higher quality standards. On the other hand, my, um, my girlfriend runs a hotel 
she works with a bit more, um, I think, is it blue collar? Yeah. It's not, blue you know, yeah, clerks, yep. yeah. And I also, one of my business partners also run like dealerships, which like more blue collar people. And they say that like, it's the standard is just very different. Um, mm. We're like very laid back. So I'll give you an example. Um, we have an issue where the blue collar work and especially labor, you know, in factories, um, nowadays it's not, there's, it's very hard to find ties. Usually it's people from like Burma, Cambodia, simply because ties would not like, are too lazy, don't like gr- grunge work. Um, and we just have no choice. And people, we, uh, maybe two years ago, we raised the low, the income, the, I'm sorry, right, the right. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the minimum the income. Min- yeah. Minimum income, right, yeah. Yeah, and then the fa- people, factory people were like, the managers were like, the issue is in act, we can handle the higher minimum income. The problem is we can't, we can't, it's hard for us to find like legal ties to work in the first place. Mm. But is it because, I mean, is it because the the ties are in a society that has higher standards of living now and so they would aspire to uh, different kinds of jobs? Or is it just because they just don't want to do that job which requires a little bit of rigor? Yeah, I think we are... We don't want to do the job that requires a bit of rigor. Really? Um, it's also, That's yeah, a concern, it's also in terms though, of isn't it? Isn't it kind of a... It know. is. Um, hmm. You go to restaurants um, nowadays, even in Bangkok, you know, some, a lot of waiters and waiter to, waitresses don't speak Thai that well. Because you know, they're foreigners? In, yeah, yeah. There are yeah, people from countries around here. They're foreigners. Yeah. And they work harder. I mean, people always say that, you know, these foreigners work harder. Than um, ties. That is so. So the foreigners are the the foreigners that do low income jobs are regarded mm. as more virtuous, I would say, than the, yeah, the many only, Thai workers. Yeah, the only downside is they don't speak Thai that well. But <laughs> if they can get if they can get them, then they're really happy because they work hard. You know, they try their best. Um, you don't have to teach them. Like they're more service-minded because they they try harder. That's a very different approach than what we have here, you know, in our Western countries that are becoming more and more nationalistic, and where we think, mm. well, those foreigners are they're, basically there's no those foreigners are coming to take our jobs uh, mentality yeah. is what you're saying. Is that the um, case? It's what can I say? It's. Yeah, I guess that's the case because, like, ties. I mean, like, the managers are complaining like they would prefer, they would like to hire ties, but you know, they keep getting disappointed by it. Mm. So, what do the ties do that have you know blue collar jobs when they realize? I think well, they find these guys like, are, yeah. I think they find like office work, like clerks, you know, clerk, clerk, clerical type stuff to do. That's what my guess because we don't mm. actually have a pretty like low unemployment rate. Okay. Um, so there yeah, must be like some, some workplace dynamics happening there that mean yeah, this, there's mobility. Yeah, they see it's more comfortable. Mm. And so they can more, go be uh, lazy in clerical work. Yeah, it might be more, they see it's more respected, <laughs> things like that. Of course, know? of course. Even yeah. though if you actually, um, they, and they, like the people selling food on the food stalls are looked down upon, even though if you calculate, those people are pretty rich. <laughs> they earn more than most office uh, workers, you know. 
You know, it's kind of a similar thing here with people like uh, handymen and, uh, you know, people who are going to fix, right. fix your pipes and uh, fix right. your fridge and stuff like that. Um, they're not very well regarded, I'm sure, in most uh, Western countries, but they make a lot of money. I yeah, mean. yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the, hand, the, the good quality handymans here, you know, they come in in like Toyota Camrys, which is considered like a good car here. You know, it ties Dutch people by what cars they drive. <laughs> That's um, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, even though like the most average office worker might use like a lower price car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another thing. Status is everything. Um, people like are judged by like the cars they drive. Mm. So um, people like we have seven hundred percent tax on imported cars. Oh wow! But, okay, so if yeah, you can afford to have a yeah, so if you can afford to have a foreign car, then it means you're really rich. Yeah, yeah. Once you're rich, you buy a Mercedes, a BMW. Mm. What, what so car? then the real rich. What car do you have? No, maybe you don't have to answer. I, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a contrarian, so I always I, my car is like about 20 years old. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, where does it show other than in the car that status thing? Is it like I don't know jewelry or the kind of uh, clothes you wear? I'm sure it is, but yeah, the older generation where um, where it's not. I don't know an easier way to say this, but more um, attached to the country or the brand rather than the actual quality. Mm. Yeah, as in saying they don't actually have real like taste, they just do it because like, okay, this is considered like famous brand. Um, they those would also judge others by like um, we wear gold, you know, right. gold necklaces, right? So they would wear gold necklaces, and also um, there's a market for um, uh, images of uh, Buddhist monks. Right. So it's necklaces. I don't know the proper word to say it, but it's just um, kind of like Buddhist or, relics, or... icons, yeah, icons mm -hmm. on those necklaces. So they just buy that, and then you know they flaunt their um, Rolex watches. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I'm, some listeners might know I was actually born in Lebanon, and I get a definite scent of Middle East in the description you're giving. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, you're right, because, you know, um, our Buddhism is actually mixed in with, which is, you know, the primary religion of the country. It's mixed in with a lot of Hindi. Um, Buddhism usually isn't very, you know, spiritual in terms of um, spirits, ghosts things like that, or um, astro ast astronomy, which one is the, uh, which one is the actual looking at stars, astrology or astronomy? Astro astronomy. <laughs> astronomy. Astrology yeah, so we, is the other one that has more yeah, signs yeah. So astrology is Astrology is very big here. Um, Buddhism, real Buddhism is actually very um, scientific, but you know, in Thai Buddhism, there's like If there's a strange mark on a tree, then we go to worship it for lottery numbers. Oh, really? <laughs> mm, yeah. So, so, so we actually have a, yeah, a lot of like Indian and Hindi influence from hmm. back in the day. So how big of a role does Buddhism have in the country? The years we use, oh, um, so the current year is 2017, right? Um, the calendar we use is actually the called the... The, so the calendar 2017 is called the Gregorian yeah, ca it's the calendar, Gregorian right? calendar yeah. yeah we use um, the Buddhist calendar what year so is it for you it's, 
is two five five. No, sorry, two five six zero. Two five two thousand five hundred sixty. And sixty. Okay. Yeah, twenty five sixty. Twenty five. So 60. I think. So what yeah, happens so maybe, in in the next five hundred years since you lived there? That I would be interested in. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I, it was a joke. I understand how it works. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's it's everything is since it's I think it's more it's over ninety percent of the population is basically everywhere without people actually realizing how much influence it has so everywhere there are like um places to worship um uh, images of icons of uh, monks mm. and every you know every you know ceremony has like monks coming in to um pray okay chant let, let me go back to the calendar there um is sure. that the calendar that most of the population uses, like on a daily basis? That's what you use. Do you have the same months? Do you have like uh... only the year is different? Oh, only the year. So you still have January, February, etc. Um, yeah, I guess that was adapted at some point. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, if it's only the year, it's not too big of a deal, I suppose. Yeah. So everyone remember has to remember both the years. We use it pretty interchangeably. Okay. Right, um, you're you're talking about uh, about uh, religion. I'm wondering uh, something about uh, um, Islam because you said uh, you told me that your mom is actually a Muslim, and I'm guessing there are there's a, a part of the population that's Muslim, right? It's about three percent, three percent, I think the official oh, so number. Um, most, yeah, most of the core, most of the people that are in. Um, it's mostly they mostly live in the south. Okay. So I'm a bit different that I was. My mom was born and raised in in Bangkok, so we are a bit more um, less strict in terms of religious teachings. Mm -hmm. um, we are more modern. Right. Like um yeah like my grandfather taught my mom that you know to go ahead and learn the other religions and um you know study and follow them only don't do just the things that we are not allowed to for example. Um, worship non-living statues, mm -hmm. things like that. Otherwise, and just you know, go do meditation, go listen. It's fine. Um, okay. I think it's because since we live in, we are not living in like a holy Muslim area. We are just more open-minded because we're not using religion to govern each other. So actually, that's uh, uh, a question. I don't know how uh, uh, specifically Thai your answer is going to be, but um, I had a question about. Uh, Islam in general, and of course, it's always in the news with terrorism and uh, extreme uh, views. And I wonder how you or your mom or maybe Muslim people in that part of the world, you know, in, the, in Asia, right. um, relate to that. Is it completely foreign? Does, do you feel like it concerns you? Or, you know, if it's different from people in the Middle East, which are clearly uh, targeted by these ideas. Right. Right. Um, it's in I think it's interesting. Um, it goes back to what I was saying that we are bad at con we, we like to avoid confrontation. Okay. So I Seems think like that a good tool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, I think there is an underlying um, not hatred but dislike for Islam because of the news mm. of like um, Muslim like extremists. But um, people don't actually say it out loud because they know it's not politically correct. But um, the, the dislike comes more from a lack of understanding, like all over the world has, that it's not really Islam the religion. 
mm. or, but you know, just a core group of uh, people. Okay. I mean, not a core, sorry, but a small group of people, but of uh, extremists. But you know, I, I've caught riffs of it every once in a while from people that are a bit more. Usually, the type are usually more hot-headed. Mm. You know, they will be like make you know the wide statements about like you know those Muslims like I hate Muslims things like that like why do they have to do this mm. um, but then usually when that happens someone is like oh um, the Thai is um, a Muslim and then they would just like end it because <laughs> we don't like confront <laughs> because people right. don't confront each other here <laughs> <laughs> right 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 but, but yeah I mean there's uh, going back to your question about how prevalent uh, Buddhism is um in recent years, since along with all the political unsettlement, there's um, some there's been core groups of uh, extreme. I would call them, I guess, extremist Buddhists that have been calling for Buddhism to be like have a more um, prominent role and official role in the in law and in governing. You know, wow. actually, ha- yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And, extremist Buddhists. How, Extremist Buddhists in, in a Buddhist country. That's, but I mean, the, the image we have of Buddhism is the, the one religion that is absolutely peaceful. I understand that's flawed right. for and there are many examples, but so mm-hmm. can you give me examples of what an extremist Buddhist would ask or demand or do? Mm-hmm. So just basically be unaccepting of other religions. Um, what they wanted to do was, you know, have Buddhism be... I, I, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I'll do the details. Cause, but what they wanted to do was kind of like have Buddhism be officially like the national religion. Mm. So in a way as to like saying that we're not accepting of other religions. Um, yeah, some, something like that. And I think my, my theory about this is having come from like a multinational religious background is right. I, I don't think we mentioned all, it but your dad is a Buddhist so my you dad have is a, Buddhist. a lot of yeah okay yeah my father Buddhist and the school I went to was a Christian school mm-hmm. so I've been exposed and studying it I, I've always been curious about religions and how they work I think it's basically like and also you know how my mom's family is so open minded even though um, Muslims in the south aren't as open minded mm. Um, I think it's just like when religion is used as when everyone in the same area has the same religion, often it is used and taken advantage of to, uh, to govern people. So even though Buddhism, Buddhism at its core is pretty peaceful and they don't have really, since it's such a new religion, um, in Thailand it's been taken advantage of um, the, the extremist groups is like the way what would happen is like to show their power, they would close major roads in the city to do um, a kind of like a sabbatical walk, mm. just to kind of like, even though they don't actually have to, and you know, people outside that group would say they don't actually have to do it, but that group is just kind of like um, a passive aggressive way of showing power that they can have, they have the influence of actually being able to close major roads just to do their, um, you know, like sabbatical walk Mm. to pay respect to um, spirits. And I I found the stats now. Uh, Islam is 5.5% of the country. Uh, Christianity is just 1%. And Buddhism is uh, over 93%. So the country is kind of de facto uh, Buddhist already. 
Um, there isn't, right. It doesn't really seem like you would need to state it as uh, the country's official religion. But, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So is that... Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the group I'm talking about, um, I guess I didn't explain it in detail. It's like they're very rich and they managed, they've managed to gain a following of people that are very, you know, rich and influential. So, I mean, I think that's kind of when, when they have their own large um, temple area where if you go into it, you get this very eerie, scary vibe of something being, you know, a cult, you know. Oh, I mean, okay. the people, I don't think they would, they would like that, maybe use that word, but it has that kind of feeling. Mm. Um, but, yeah, how big, of the, a, how big of a societal force are they now? Is that something that you feel is a... And I don't know how much you can talk about because there are some... You know, yeah. there's a lot of political instability and, I, I, you know, so, but how big of a, a political and societal force have they become? Is it recent or? They have always been underlyingly influential, but they actually usually stayed out of politics until recently. Um, their last, you know, attempt to kind of like have more influence has not been actually successful, but people are more aware of it. I think they're just trying to you know, push to see how where how far they can go. Mm. Um, but basically, um, I think one of the once they, they were they were pushed back and you know being like some of their major players were pushed back for you know exploiting their exploiting people within their you know religion or sector. But mm. even though that it's just basically kind of like both using the powers to push against each other because you know. Technically, the what they were arrested for or taken in for might not actually be like 100% um, illegal. So it's kind of like political play. Mm. So is, is so, that a concern yeah, I, for because you're you're painting so sort of a dark picture here? Is that a concern for people mm. every day in in the streets, or is it more of a? It's um, a concern for everyday people when they're in the news. So right now, I think everyone's forgotten about it again. Oh, okay. The, that forgetfulness mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah um when when we were preparing the show you talked about your feeling that movements like uh you know we're still on the political uh, uh topic here uh you're feeling that movements like uh the brexit and the election of donald trump uh could have been felt you know the same kind of um popular uh uh well i guess movement uh could have been felt in thailand before Uh, it happened in the UK even. Could you explain to us yeah. what happened? Yeah, I can explain on that a bit more clearer than what I... Um, yeah, I think when Brexit and Donald Trump movement happened, a lot of um, people here that didn't agree with what happened, you know, with the red shirts and stuff... Can, can you explain, it, yeah, can yeah, you explain yeah, again I, the I red shirts? Yeah. yeah, I should go back. So I think um, we were in the news for the last maybe five, five years. Um, for about the so-called red shirts. So what happened was, um, I'll try to be as neutral as possible, but what happened was um, we had a prime minister called Thaksin Shinawat. Uh, he became prime minister and then he gained a lot of power and he had a lot of, a lot of populist following for you know, his good work and actually paying attention to um, people outside of Bangkok. Um, I think I briefly mentioned how I stress that I'm in Bangkok, a Bangkok point of view and not the entire country. Um, after a while, he 
he was actually the first um, prime minister to actually complete a full four-year term. And then he was re-elected again. And then afterwards, he was overthrown by um, the military, which actually happens quite often in Thailand. And um, the way he was overthrown was um, leading up to it was um, a yellow shirt, group of yellow shirts, which basically comprised of people that were opposed to Tak Sin himself. And the people of the yellow shirts are usually um, people from Bangkok. You know, and it was there was hate speech, you know, accusations about Taksin that riled people in Bangkok up and um, wear the yellow shirts. At the time, before the mob yellow shirts, um, yellow shirt was associated with the king. So the leaders of the yellow shirt are can be excused. Um, the reg, the opposing side accused them of using the yellow shirt to falsely um, use, you know, loyalty to the king. As a way to oppose Tuxin, so they positioned Tuxin as the enemy to royalty. Right, right. Basically, Tuxin was using the the monarchy as a yeah. symbol to to say if you're against us, you're against the monarchy. Um, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and they get a lot of strong support because people love the king, um, the former right. king. And then, after in retaliation, after all that happened, was um, Tuxin supporters, which were the red shirts. So the red shirts usually comprise the people from outside Bangkok. Um, you know, we had a lot of re-elections, and Pakistan's party always won. And then there would always be red shirts and yellow shirts coming against each other. But um, again, mostly the yellow shirts are comprised of mostly people in Bangkok, so it's more easy to for the yellow shirts, you know, win in terms of populist movements inside mm-hmm. to overthrow government from inside. Um, you, so basically, the military used the un, you know the rilings of like. Um, of people inside Bangkok saying, okay, it's unsafe. The political situation is not in control. In control. We have to take over. Hmm. And since the, since the people in Bangkok are kind of in support of the military, the coups of taking over are always peaceful. There's no protest. There's no bloodshed. Hmm. And now hmm. they're in power. They're in power. And so how- the people refer, people prefer, refer to it as a red shirt movement because, because um, there's a time when, you know, the people in power was not the military. It was um, by the political party opposed to Taksin um, that gained power after he was, Taksin was over, overthrown. Um, the red shirts gathered in, in the city. And um, there was a period where uh, they were dispersed and then there was set fire to the malls, to malls and you know, a lot of kind of inner city chaos of explosions and you know, a mini civil war. So that was kind of like the peak point of the confrontation. So, you know, we're not good at confrontation. So we actually do confront it, it gets really bad. <laughs> right. We are not good at listening to other people's point of views. Mm. So how does that, how do you equate that with what's happened in the West with the, you know, more populist uh, movements of right. Brexit and Donald right. Trump? Right. So if we go into the details of the red shirt, yellow shirt, um, basically, the, the Thaksin and the government was accused of buying votes with their policies. Um, and, you know, there's a sentiment of people in Bangkok saying, oh, you know, the people outside Bangkok, they're just not educated. You know, they just don't really understand how the world works. You know, even though it's act- the truth, they don't, people in the city don't acknowledge the fact of like the troubles that people outside the city have. Um, they are, a lot of people are poor. 
um, and not many people they feel like they are left out and not people they're not helped. Everything is in Bangkok. Um, no one cares about people outside. Um, the former king was loved simply because he had a lot of projects that paid attention to people outside the city. Mm. You know, there was a there's a sentiment there's a sentiment from people outside the city that they're not being taken care of, they're overlooked, they're being taken advantage of. You know, if you're in Bangkok, you see like portraits, um, Maybachs, you know, said BMW bands like everywhere. So a lot of rich, very, very, very rich people um, inside. At the same, at the same time, there's a lot of people, you know, living below minimum wage outside. And you know, no matter how hard they work, you know, they don't, they, they don't see their dissolution with if they can actually escape poverty. Mm. So, so is that... once, go ahead. Yeah. So once like Tuxin's government came in, they a lot of policies that were both populist, but he also had a policy. So you know, he actually went around and you know they felt like they were being taken care of you know people actually paid attention to them so you know it's it's just like people are voting and not the people who vote for him it's just like saying you know what we just don't like how the way things work we mm. prefer we just prefer like Tuxin's side of things you know we, we want change this is the change that we wanted mm. So even though, even though, like the core people in the Bangkok, which might be considered more highly educated, um, didn't agree with it, um, they, the still, the majority of the people in the country, did. You know, how stark is the difference in uh, income and, I guess, situation between Bangkok and and the countryside? Is it like? deep poverty still outside the the capital or the big cities or can people at least you know can they eat and do they have enough to survive but they don't have any comfort or is it like some people are starving to death mm, not people aren't starving to death fortunately but um they kind of Or they are able to survive if they stay where they are, you know, because fortunately we are an agricultural country, so food is not that much of a problem. But, you know, it's not um, if they I think I think if they did not expect, you know, if they did not want to raise their standards, they can have a living. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, their standard if their standard of living is okay if they don't aspire to anything. You know, um, it's 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 really interesting because I think the more I think about all of this, the more I don't see it as necessarily a a movement of people who are objectively rich versus people who are objectively poor. And I'm not just talking about Thailand here, obviously. Uh, but the more I think of it, the the more it looks like uh, the inequality is a main motivation for uh, the unrest. You know, it, yeah, there's there's a there's a feeling of the people that are rich just keep getting richer, and they don't. No one cares about the poor, mm. you know, because you know we have like agriculture is like a big industry here, but the people that have the most power are like the middlemen that do you know the I don't know what the English word for it, but they refine the rice and distribute it, mm. but they just pay so pay the farmers like so low, and it's never really been taken care of because of like the people that are rich are influential. 
So, you know, they watch the news and see, like, these people just keep getting richer, even though they yeah. work hard. They feel like no matter how hard they work, they just keep getting taken advantage of. You know what we got right after World War II in every country that was heavily impacted by World War II? We forcefully, and it was very expensive, we built huge middle classes. And that's what yeah. made societies work for, you know, over 50 years. And it seems like if you don't have a huge inclusive middle classes, no matter any other consideration of fairness, of, uh, you know, communism or capitalism or the rules of government or anything, if you don't have mm -hmm. a huge middle class that you build artificially, yeah. even if you need to, then it's going to yeah. lead to some sort of conflict. Um, yeah, I agree. That has been mentioned um, in, in like um, intellectual discussions about a lack of middle class. Mm. Um, I saw, uh, what I also have another, there's also another theory that I tend to um, believe is that uh, Thailand has not actually lost the war um, in, or at least a modern war. Um, and we have not ever really, be, we've never been, we're the only country in Southeast Asia that was not that did not belong to a foreign country. Mm. You know how, you know, France, you know, yeah, yeah. this it's country colony, is occupied basically. by, yeah, colonies. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was looking for that word. Yeah, we were the only independent country. You know, we did not become a colony. So we never really had, we were never really suppressed. And in turn, we would never really had that feeling of a will to have to fight right. to get our country back to like its prime or anything like that. So our country, when compared to Southeast Asia, we are very well developed, but it's kind of like a feeling that we are not as, we're doing it dis despite, of, uh, despite of ourselves instead of because of ourselves. Hmm. Maybe hmm. we could do better. Interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit about some more uh, trivial day-to-day -day things. Uh, I was talking about modern, the modern aspects of society earlier. I'm wondering about really dumb things like, does sure. every household have a washing machine or a, a dishwasher <laughs> or, you know, these kinds of things? Or sure. when you look at, do you even, are they even popular like American TV shows or movies and you see someone with a, a I, I don't know, like a coffee machine, you know, that does coffee in the morning do you think that's dumb <laughs> or do you think that's uh something you'd like to have or you already have yeah. you know I, i don't know that's a good question um what do you want to start with <laughs> oh okay uh appliances what does the average uh, bangkokese huh. family have as uh appliances so i would say washing machines and dishwashers are a bit of a luxury um, okay so people then, yeah just how do you wash your clothes then is it Uh, in the sink or I mean I, my, my family does have a washing machine but I don't think okay I think washing machines are a bit more common but dishwashers aren't so okay. we just wash them in the sink um, but it's common for you know people living in dormitories condos who just kind of use um, wash them in buckets right right so um, a lot of I would say like majority of uh, the average person even in the city wash it in you know in Bangkok uh, wash it you know in buckets themselves because it's you know it's less you don't have to buy a dish, uh, washing machine it's um, cost less it uses less water and things like that mm. what about the coffee maker like the Nespresso yeah I guess coffee if you maker have a... <laughs> is definitely a luxury item it's, <laughs> it's it's like you know it's like the iPhone it's like you if you have it then you know you're living a good life 
So about about espresso films. is pretty new, actually. Oh, do you start drinking espresso now? Um, the Nespresso. Oh, oh the Nespresso. way we drink coffee. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, Nespresso. The way we drink coffee, like you Europeans would hate it. Um, we we drink it cold and sweet. A lot. We everything is sweet here and cold. I think it's because of the hot weather. Um, we intermix, you know, lattes, cappuccinos. Very people drink um, hot coffee. Mm. Well, I think you just described the Starbucks. I think it's absolutely fine. We'd, we'd be fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Starbucks, but it's like cheap Starbucks. Um, okay. Do you have Starbucks? Yeah, so do you have McDonald's? Of course you have McDonald's, right? We do, yeah. Is McDonald's kind of a fancy... Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. McDonald's is a fancy. It's, um, okay, so the average dish of like a good meal, uh, you know, a side um, vendor is about, I would say, 40... 40 Thai baht, so a little bit over one US dollar. Mm -hmm. So McDonald's is nowadays it's like maybe 120 Thai baht, so that's like three dollars. So that's the price so of three regular uh, fast yeah. food meals. Fast yeah. food or regular yeah, meals? Um, they're regular meals, but they're fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's our version of the fast food. <laughs> okay, so how do you? But it's not manufactured; it's cooked. You know the 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 it's the most at common. The place, yeah. Yeah, the most common type of restaurant for office workers is called um, made-to-order. You know, we call it made-to-order made places. Mm -hmm. So you go in and you just order whatever you want and they can make it. Oh, like they don't have a menu? Or I guess they do, but you can ask out of it? They have menu more as a way for you to brainstorm. <laughs> 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 so you don't actually need one. You know, you see this type of restaurant, just order. Okay. So, yeah, that's the most common type. Hmm. And that's like the, the 40 bats yeah. uh, type of meal. Yeah, Thai, okay. Thai bat. Yeah, okay. that's the 40 Thai bat. Okay. Um, can you tell me a little bit of the your maybe yours or uh, a, a normal worker's uh, day? You, mm -hmm. you know, wake up, you have, do you have breakfast? Do you take? Your car, public transportation. I don't know if you have, you know, if you take mm -hmm. buses or. Let's mm -hmm. go through your day. Yeah, I mean, I'll take you through the day of an average worker. Um, I, I'm not average because you know I, I run a company and I don't fix the time of coming in and out of my company. Right. But you know, I would say a majority of people are still um, doing you know eight to five mm -hmm. office. So they would wake up. If you're not fortunate enough to live somewhere near um, a SkyTrain or an underground, then you take the bus, uh, which is very crowded, into the city. So I think the average commute, I wish commute time would be something like an hour and a half. An hour and a half, okay. And that's the an average. An hour to an hour and a half. That's the average. Um, yeah. yeah, if you take, if you have to drive in into the city because the traffic's really bad um since public transportation is not actually does not actually cover the entire area of, Bang of bangkok yet yeah until recently um driving was also considered a status symbol so people like even if they had like a skytrain near them they might drive because it's more you know status <laughs> right yeah but luckily recently people have gotten it's just like the traffic has just been way too bad for them to worry about status <laughs> So people have taken to sky trains, you know, um, sky trains in the morning, um, I would say maybe a fourth of the time they break down 
because it's really? being used so much. Yeah, it's like they it's, it's common for travel here. Travel from one place to another in Thailand is unpredictable because traffic could be bad all throughout the entire day, and also even public transportation breaks down, as like the SkyTrain has mentioned. Okay. So yeah, so it's interesting in that it creates a culture of Thai time, which means that we're not um, quite. <laughs> sorry, what's the word for it? We're not on time. Punctual. Um, we're not punctual. Yeah. So it's it's common for people to be late because, and you know, we can always just say you know traffic is bad. Right. Um, even if maybe true. it wasn't. Maybe even if it wasn't. Yeah. Mm. So it's a culture of Thai time which drive foreigners lazy. I'm <laughs> sorry, crazy. Okay. <laughs> so right. so that's the morning. Morning is hectic. People are sad. You know, the trains are packed, kind of like if you imagine Japan. And then you know we might drop by a food stall. You know, the made-to-order places I mentioned um, for something to eat real quick um, before coming to the office because it's cheaper to just buy from those and actually make your own buy to make your own stuff at home. Really? And then yeah, food is cheap. It's cheaper to buy outside than to actually make your own mm. food. So a lot of culinary is um, going away because less people know how to cook their own food. Right. Yeah, and it's also um, not not been turned into a form, formal kind of training um, in terms of Thai food. And I know Thai food is getting popular, but we don't actually have like you know correct ways to. It's not been turned formally into like okay, this is how you make really? um, this type of dish. Yeah, That's... and people, we. We don't like it, you know. Some there's there's been like celebrity chefs that have tried it and they were looked down upon. Right. Like why would you? That's not the way of the Thai food. Thai food. <laughs> yeah. Thai food. You just so, go and and do it yeah. and, and learn in the little shop in the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thais don't see Thai food. Thais wouldn't go to a fine dining restaurant to eat Thai food. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but if you go into a mall, most of the restaurants are Japanese food. Okay. And then in, in terms of fine dining, there are some Japanese, but it might be more, you know, French, Italian, um, or steaks, things like mm. that. Okay. Yeah, in hotels. Okay, so right, then so the, the worker gets into work. We get to work. Okay, we, then we gossip for an hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you know? that's, the, that's the same in the entire world. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I think in terms of in the office, it's um, similar and expect that we have um, the average, you know, Thai office worker might be not, as I mentioned, not as productive. Um, we need to be, you know, there's a lot of politics gossiping. Um, even though, we, yeah, we, we, and then in lunch, we would also walk outside the office. So, you know, if you had, um, if you do a Google and had like lunch inside the building, it might not be popular. Um, we like our food. We like our variety of food. We like to walk around. Um, we don't like to stay in the building. Really? Um, okay. We like, yeah, we like to walk outside, get a breath of air. You know, while fifteen minutes go into this type of restaurant, we like. They like office workers are very serious about planning what they're going to eat. <laughs> okay. And then who is coming and who is not. You know, they, so, they can also plan days ahead of what will be eaten in oh. Friday, for example, something okay. like that. So you go and as then, a group with yeah. your coworkers, and maybe someone yeah. who had been bad mouthed is not invited, and they're sad, oh, yeah. and then they start yeah. bad mouthing the others, and okay. Yeah, and if you don't go as a group, you look as weird. Okay, even you if know, you don't when, want to. I'm a very yeah. I'm a loner, 
And I usually don't eat with people. I mean, it depends, but sometimes I don't eat with people from work when I used to mm -hmm. work in actual places with other people. Um, yeah. That was kind yeah, of you're okay, like me. but yeah. Yeah, you're like me. Um, you're, uh, people always thought I was like hard to access, you know, mm. not hard to talk to because I didn't, I didn't want to eat lunch when everyone else was eating lunch. Right. You know, I don't like getting into queues. Exactly. You know, I like to go to restaurants that have queues because, like, because that means it tastes good. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the better one, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, they like there. There's a lot of queues everywhere. You know, I, I hate mm. queues. Okay, so you go eat. How long is the lunch break? Um, for offices that are strict, um, it's an hour. Okay. Um, those kind of offices tend to also close their air conditioning during that hour to save energy. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. In my in my former company, when I was an employee, it could last you know a bit more than an hour because it was a bit more flexible. Okay. But usually it's about an hour. And then we come to work and then um, if it's like an 8 to 5 or 9 to 5 job, then at 5 straight they get up and go home. So you, and then you wait into the traffic. So you're not expected to like stay longer and, and work overtime and like at 5 no. you leave? Yeah. Okay. That's good. If for like for like a so-called Thai company. Right, right. What about right. a Western company? International companies is considered. Um, yeah, I, I keep usually, saying Western. It's international. Yeah, Western is good. I mean, uh, we we actually say Western as well. I'm oh, just okay. Trying to be, right. you know, Phew. more politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Japanese. You know, I would say Thai companies are a bit more flexible than what I just mentioned. Um, the most strict would be Japanese companies, so they actually have the Japanese work culture. Hmm. You know, being strict on time, punctual. Hmm. Um, so. I'll tell you about, you know, and this might give you an idea of how ties are, but um, there's a lot of ties that go up idolizing Japan and Japanese culture. Um, and every single one of them that I know that managed to end up living there and working there always say that um, only travel to Japan, but don't actually work here. <laughs> because <laughs> Honestly, so, working in Japan yeah. is a bad experience for anyone, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> okay. it's, a, it's a special kind of place. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, so you, yeah, you finished work. International companies, Western companies, yeah. yeah. Um, it's usually considered to be more flexible. Um, usually it's more flexible time. Mm -hmm. even, though, even though it's flexible time, um, it depends on your boss, but a lot of more of the bosses, like in my first boss, I came at 11 or 12 and she didn't mind. Uh, when I changed my boss, um, she actually you know, say, came to say, like, you know, you should come in a bit more early. Even though the, the rules are not say, say that I can come in late. <laughs> but if you came that late uh, in, mm. at 11, did you also stay least, later to... to yeah, I stayed later. And then okay. the, there were people that thought that I was such a hard worker because when they went home, <laughs> um, I was still around. <laughs> I would be like the last ones out of the office. They didn't realize I was also one of the last in the office. <laughs> All right. So when, when they finish work, uh, they go through the hour and a half of traffic again, which is sounds like a nightmare. And yeah. uh, and then how what do they do in the evening maybe on the weekends or yeah in the evening it might even be like two or three hours t traffic tends to be even worse in the Jeez. evening um i think um before we get to the weekend i think i should also mention that there seems to be a lot of freelancers in bangkok um you know people that aren't actually like fully employed i think 
that because no matter where you go, you know, if you go, no matter what time you go to department stores, there's always people around. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, that aside, when we go to the weekend, um, as I mentioned, shopping malls everywhere. In the evening, after work, we usually go to malls. We don't always go directly to home. Um, I think that comes from the weather being hot. So, mm. yeah, back in the day, back before the modern day, the center of the villages was often um, Buddhist temples. Um, that's where everything took place. So we have like um, a culture of saying um, Buddha, um, Buddhist events. And, um, temple events. Yeah, we call them temple events if it's directly translated. And those are usually carnivals, you know. Um, things that take place in the village nowadays is in malls. So, so the malls any are events, the new uh, the new Buddhist the new temples, uh, temples yeah, yeah. <laughs> the new Buddhist temples. <laughs> yeah, but when people want to meet each other, they go to malls that are inside the city. You know, if they don't or if they don't have anything to do, they might go to a local mall nearer to their home. Mm. Um, they meet up each other up at malls. So everything's there. You know, movie theaters, restaurants, shop shopping places. So what do what kind of activity? do they do for fun like movies. is it movies oh right okay yeah foreign movies, movies movies foreign movies um the local movies are there's usually a cycle of how popular they are um the ones there's some one or two production houses that always manage to make hits but it's always feel good movies mm. um yeah um, our movie, our local movies are pop, pretty popular around the area. You know, they're exported to Taiwan. Um, Chinese people like some of them as well. Um, and you know, in Vietnam, we 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 I, I like to compare Thailand to as kind of like the United States of Southeast Asia. Really? <laughs> the US, we're, we're kind of the USA of Southeast Asia in that we um, you know we we think we're like well developed, um, a bit arrogant about what place we are, and then our culture is also. Um, permeates the, uh, the countries around here. So, you know, people really? around here, yeah, people around here like, like know and like Thai celebrities and oh, Thai music. you mean in, in other, other, uh, in like, you know, in Vietnam, countries. in Laos, you know, mm. neighboring countries, Cambodia, you know, they actually copied the, uh, the style and actual song of, of, of our songs. Really? You know, Thais would be accused of copying, you know, taking, you know, like a Britney Spears song, changing the lyrics and saying it's ours. <laughs> but then the Laotians, or I forget the countries where they would copy the, the Thais <laughs> down to <laughs> down to a T. So, so the, for example, there's this one band time where we took like, you know, an old pop idol mm. um, that's still popular and matched them with like um, a rock star and they have this song. So we saw like, you would see karaoke from neighboring countries where they also dress the same and took the same concept and have the same type of music. Okay. Hmm. All right. So music, movies, I guess everything is uh, similar to uh, to what we have here as well. Um, I want to finish with a little bit of specific tech conversation. Uh, I sure. think I heard an iPhone uh sound earlier so you must oh. be uh, uh, a fancy <laughs> rich person i bet you you uh, secretly yeah. drive a, a mercedes as well. um, <laughs> i'm kidding but uh but so i'm guessing android is the most popular platform in thailand as a country yes um we have the our telcos permits you know those cheap androids to uh, throughout the country mm-hmm but in terms of tech, um, I think you could be. It would be interesting for people listening. Um, 
the way we use our tech is very different. Um, I work in the in the field of um, so we are mobile first country. So what that means is that if you think about it, before now in desktops, the way you actually access internet to the desktops means you actually have to have one a desktop computer, but also two actually an internet network that permeates throughout the entire country. Mm. You know, and in terms of that landline network, we never had that. And also the people outside Bangkok couldn't afford a computer or understand why would they even need it for the first place. Right. So we kind of skipped the desktop generation. Um, and people actually started coming online when cheap Android phones were accessible. So that's like five, seven years ago. Yeah, and I would even say in Thailand more about three, four years. So oh, wow. we have only really, we have only really started coming online three or four years. So you get patterns and behaviors that are interesting, such as people are very social media heavy. You know, um, we are like. People like to say, you know, you know Sayan Paragon, which is like uh, one of our malls, is the most checked-in place on Instagram in the world. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, so everyone's on Facebook and Instagram. Like, if we had like 35, we had, our population is like six, almost 70 million people. And the amount of people online is something like 35 million. So if 35 million people had access to mobile phones... The Facebook would also show statistics to say that there are 35 million Facebook accounts in Thailand wow. and 35 million line accounts in Thailand. So people here don't, don't know what a web browser is and they don't know what an internet is. However, really? they know what Facebook is. They know what YouTube is. They know what line is. So they know apps. They don't really know anything else. Yeah. I mean, if you go they, to people, they don't understand you know, the other side of the internet. Yeah. If you go to the people that are, you know, not less tech savvy or people that are like less educated or whatever that access these phones, you ask them, like, do you use the internet? They say no. You know, and then you see them watching the, um, Thai dra local dramas on the YouTube because they mm -hmm. don't know that's the internet. Right. Right. Hmm. So we're all, yeah, we're mobile first. Um, we but, yeah, okay, but you say, you say mobile first, but you have access to a web browser when you have a, a mobile. Uh, yeah, but they don't realize it's a web it's a website or a web browser. They click mm -hmm. the link through Line or Facebook. Line is a messaging app that's mm -hmm. popular here. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. And the way we buy online is we don't the people here don't understand how to use shopping carts. We buy through chat. Really? You know, and then yeah. That, so that's that's ago, the the field you're in. Uh, but you you buy yeah. through chat. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting, and I like to talk about it because, you know, coming, sure, I sure. Used, ha, having used to live in the United States, I found it really interesting myself. Um, if you think about it, um, it goes back to being service-minded, and it goes back, relates to the trend I mentioned of people nowadays willing to buy local brands. What happened is that um, there's two factors coming to play here. Um, buying through chat is actually probably not just in Thailand, but emerging countries. Um, when I pitched my startup to, like, um, Europe or the USA, um, people didn't get it, but South Americans got it right away. Mm. Um, there's the two factors here is one, um, payment. So, um, sorry, sorry, payment I'm going to interrupt you sorry. for just a second. When you okay. say buy through chat, I'm sure it's very obvious for, for, to you. And I have a okay. vague idea of, of what, mm -hmm. how it would work, but okay. yeah, can you yeah. describe it exactly? Because yeah, yeah. So let's say I find a product on Facebook. Um, you know, I, I'm sure everywhere people use Facebook, social media to advertise their products. 
But here, when we find it on you know Instagram or Facebook, what would happen is we would message them in Facebook Messenger or Line um, to ask about the product. And then once they decide to buy, they don't go to a shopping cart. They just say, "Okay, tell me the name, the number of the bank to transfer the money to." So you would then, have an employee of that store, shop, they, whatever, yeah. actually yeah. talking to you and saying, "Okay, yeah." Yeah, and they would give you the bank account number, and then you would transfer the money, and attach a slip, a receipt that's evidence that you've actually transferred the money. And then the service would say, "Okay, thank you for your service. We will send it to you." So that's for physical items like a pair of shoes, whatever. Mm-hmm. So and for digital items, we just pirate them. <laughs> right so it doesn't apply makes sense yeah um, sadly it's, it's, get, it's gotten better but yeah okay so um you you want the shoes you go to the the so it's not through a store it's through a facebook page for example yeah since we can buy through chat if you think about it you know um Facebook is the easiest way and Instagram, social media is the easiest way to set up a storefront mm. if you don't need a shopping cart. Right, right. right. Okay, so you, you see it anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. You see something, a, a message that shows a product you want. Mm-hmm. You message the account. You say, hi, I'd mm-hmm. like to buy it. Uh, right. They give you the account you have to send it to. You get out of the app. You go to your bank app. You transfer the money right. to, that, to that account. Right. Um, and then how do you get that proof of transfer to attach to the... You, you take a screenshot of... Really? Uh, yeah, of the transfer, like the time that it has been transferred and send mm-hmm. it to the seller. So they receive it. They check that they mm-hmm. received the money, I'm guessing, because it's instantaneous. Yeah. Uh, they right. see that they received it and they say, okay, thank you. We'll send it to you. And you exactly. hope that you're going to get it and you didn't talk to a, a scammer. But exactly. I'm guessing, right. Okay. I understand exactly. how it works then. Yeah. But people, mm-hmm. people, when I pitched this three years ago, people considered it weird and thought that we would, you know, eventually use a shopping cart. But the way I like to describe it is, you know, in the Western world, you always walk, you will have shopping malls and department stores. But, you know, in developing countries like us, we have markets. And when people go to markets, they don't pick a product and take it to the cashier. We talk to the seller and we haggle the price. So it's more natural for us to talk to someone. And also the interface of actually talking to someone. If I had to teach my mom to buy something, I would tell her to chat to someone instead of telling her, teaching her how to use a shopping cart. Right, right. Okay, so what does your startup add to that system then? If it's all available by chat and you can just send a picture. We just make it more manageable. Um, it's, so it's more back-end, I guess. Yeah, but we, we just do the back-end for them to be able to manage that. We do invoicing. Um, what we're going to see Facebook roll out is actually, you know, um, they call it um, a product page and also um, invoicing. So what would happen is that you can actually, so Facebook pages will show products with prices. But once you press buy, it will actually be sending a message to the page instead of actually like a proper checkout. And then the next step to buy is, you know, um, the seller would be able to issue an invoice, which has the products and also um, the payment, uh, types of payment available to the buyer. 
instead of you know so it's basically instead of the buyer at um using a shopping cart it's the seller creating a shopping cart for the buyer right right if you know yeah you follow um that is basically what we built three years ago Hmm. um yeah except so so the the um uh store has to have a lot of people answering those chats it's like a call center it's a chat center yeah but our labor is cheap so we managed to Mm. make scale it and those people use desktops or laptops i mean they don't use mobile phones um both so you can conduct that business through mobile phone i mean on on the on the store side right yeah answer the clients yeah If we're okay. on the go, because a lot of sellers, you know, they're working at the office, um, so they their office might block Facebook, for example. Mm. Um, they use it through the phone, but of course, it's much more efficient if they use it on desktop. Right, right. And yeah. and the thing is, you need to have someone available all the time to answer people, and there are peak hours, I'm sure, between you know at noon and afternoon and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a yeah. new call center. People chat instead of calling. Mm. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so definitely. Yeah, some products first. that sell to yeah, yeah, some products that sell to mothers, mothers would sell, be messaging at like three AM in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. I think that's a, a pretty extensive view of uh, a lot of different aspects of Thailand. <laughs> um is there anything else you'd like to talk about, uh to to discuss or are we good? Um I'm good. Um, I think. Uh, do you do you have any questions? I think I just like to stress and read this like carefree, happy people. Um, anyone's welcome to visit. I'm sure you'll have a good time. And uh, we usually people who love like our beaches and lifestyle. I would advise you to just like stay away from Bangkok and just go through the <laughs> <laughs> go through either northern area where we have a lot of good mountains, or you know um, any beach. Um, usually through the south is nice. Yeah, I think I, um, uh, I, I Oh, know. there is one aspect I would like to talk about. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Um, now that I talk about um, tourism. So it's kind of weird. Um, the way our political system is, you, every now and then you hear about, you know, an explosion happening in the city or, you know, the red shirts um, uh, violence in an area. Um, usually it's safe even during those times. What happened, when things happen, they usually stay in that area and they don't actually spread out. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if it's good advice, but usually, um, if you, could, you, know, you can ask me, for example, things are usually normal, even though in the news, it seems like there's a big violence in the entire country. Well, there, if you're bringing it up, there were a few... You know, a couple of years, as you said, maybe it was, yeah, a couple of years ago, um, things seemed like they weren't just a little bit of violence in a, a, a small area. Are you saying that? I mean, you mentioned. Yeah, even that was, time. Yeah, even at that even, time. Even it was that time when there were malls that were on fire, as long as you weren't in that area, you were safe. So that's, things are always safe around <laughs> to travel to. I don't know not, if that's a. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what to, how to understand this. Does that mean that the political unrest wasn't as big as it seemed to be when we were looking at the news? Or does it mean that it was like everyone knew there was political unrest and they didn't, you know... Ooh, 
What's happening? Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, because it seemed like it was kind of a revolution in when we looked at the news. Was it a really yeah, big yeah, thing yeah. or I don't know? It's a really big thing. You know what? If you didn't, if you didn't stay in social media and you didn't go into like areas in the inner city, you might not even notice it. Wow. So how do you, um, everything takes- how do you explain it? I think everything takes place in social media and, you know, the political unrest, the way I would explain it is that, again, during that t- for that specific one in particular, um, it was the red shirts that were protesting and they weren't actually um, Bangkok, people in Bangkok. And, I was, and, you know, and again, back through the confrontation thing, if it wasn't actually in the area of confrontation, people didn't actually confront each other or feel violent about things mm. outside those um, danger areas. Okay. And also, um, we have a culture, I don't know what it is, but we have a culture of like covering things up. A lot of, I would say a lot of things um, Thais are ignorant about because the media is not allowed to talk about it. For example, every once in a while, we might have a bomb warning um, in an inner city area. And then after a while, people will just forget that it happened and don't really know what, who or what um, laid it. You know, I don't know if you're describing a wonderful place or kind of a scary place. <laughs> It's, it's, I would say it's scary if you think about it. You know, it's, it's, uh, we, I think our country is a classic example of ignorance is bliss. Mm. I think um, every people that follow us every once in a while might notice that every other year we will have, um, you know, people dressing up as Nazis. Oh, neo-Nazis, like, yeah, okay. But as like for cosplay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, okay. there might be a parade where the concept was people were Nazis and have Hitler for fun. So it, we, um, right, it, so it wasn't an ideological thing. It was just that's the theme for today. They just thought it was cool. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think that's an example of how our culture is in terms of like what I mean by in terms of ignorance is bliss. Mm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's uh, definitely definitely an interesting uh, look at Thailand. Um, <laughs> it's uh, there's a lot of things I didn't quite. Uh, understand. So, thank you for painting that uh, that picture. Obviously, as a tech head, I think the mobile first aspect was the one that struck me the most. But uh, uh, all right, thank you very much for being on the show with us, uh, Letad, for, for spending the time. Um, is there any, if anyone listening is interested in uh, in your your work or what you do online, do you have somewhere you can send them or? Or, uh, uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter active? at, at although I'm not um, an active tweeter. I'm there to, you know, to retweet. That's where I retweet everything. Okay. Uh, yeah, my company, if you're interested, is, in, is, is, is called Sosuki, S-E-L-L-S-U-K-I. Um, it's on my Twitter profile if you want to check it out. Um, it's built more towards for the local area, but I think that if you're interested in where conversational commerce is headed, I think um, you might get an idea if you check out the product. Excellent. So you'll be uh, uh, your Twitter account will be available in the show notes, of course. So you can go there and check that out. Um, thank you very much. And uh, for me, of course, as you know, it is uh, my name is not Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find uh, the show at FrenchSpin.com along with uh, another show about video games, if you're interested in that. Uh, and if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. Uh, that's where you, can, you have the um, campaign to 
uh, financially support the show. If you wish to do that, uh, please uh, at least, you know, consider it, think about it, think if the show is worth it. Uh, if you want to support it in other ways, one thing you could do is go leave a uh, review on iTunes or on your podcasting app of choice. That always helps spread the word. So um, that's also appreciated. Thank you very much for listening to us, and we will be back in uh, at the end of the month with a regular episode. I'm sure we will have a lot of interesting conversations there, too. Thanks again, again uh, Letad, and talk to everyone soon. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.